I'm Mary Osborne. I'm Kathy Shagrin. And I'm Stacia Matten. Thanks for listening to this episode of Prairie Tales, a podcast that tells the story of our prairie home in Warren County, Illinois. Prairie Tales is brought to you by the Buchanan Center for the Arts as part of its ongoing mission to promote the arts in our region. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Prairie Tales. Welcome back to another episode of Prairie Tales. I'm Stacia Matten, and tonight I'm here with my fellow podcasters, Kathy Shagrin and Mary Osborne. And we also have a special guest with us tonight, Lynn Miller. Who is Lynn Miller, you ask? How dare you not know? But she's the office manager at the Buchanan Center for the Arts. We know her, we love her, and Lynn, we are so pleased that you could join us tonight. So thank you, Lynn. Well, thank you. So Lynn, I'm going to start right in. This is Kathy, and um, we want to at first get a little bit of um, a little bit of background about you. We see you every day. We see you every time that we're in there. But we were wondering if um, you could tell us a little bit about your background. Um, what brought you to Monmouth, maybe what brought you to the BCA, and um, how long have you been at the BCA? Um, well, I've been at the BCA for about eight years now, or it will be eight years in April. Uh, Christine and I were friends when she became director of the BCA that January, and around March, she asked if I'd be interested in working with her at the Buchanan Center, and I was very interested. I had been working part-time at another art center, so it just seemed like the perfect fit. Before that, I was in the travel business in the Chicago suburbs, which is where I'm from. And I've been in the, tra- I was in the travel business for a good 20 years, I guess. I'm dying to know more about this travel business. See, oh. I wasn't gonna ask you a follow-up question, but I have to know. So is that like a travel agent? I started out, I graduated from the University of Illinois in animal science. So, of course, I'd naturally go into travel after that. Naturally. The the, uh, summer that I graduated, my friend who was working at a travel agency needed to have someone go with her to escort a group to Hawaii. So, because I hadn't gotten a job yet and I had just graduated, I went with her and we escorted this group of about 150 people to Hawaii and we had such a good time and I loved it so much that I came back and applied for a job where she worked and got it. So I became a travel agent. Uh, Yeah. So I was a travel agent for about, I think 11 years. And I really wanted to get into a company called Abercrombie and Kent who did more luxury travel and they actually did travel all around the world. And they were looking for someone. Alaska was one of my favorite spots, not only to travel to, but also to book. And they happened to be looking for an agent to book Alaska. So I got a job there and booked Alaska, Europe, and some parts of Africa. And I did that for about eight years. And then uh, I came to Galesburg. My sister lived in Galesburg. So I came to Galesburg and started working at the Galesburg Civic Arts Center. And then eight years later, worked started working at the Buchanan Center for the Arts. 
And I've been this there for- This is why you're so worldly. Now we know. <laughs> Lynn Miller, woman of the world. There you and go. Lynn, you have traveled all over the world. We've talked a little bit about this in the past, but you have been you have been all over the world. Can you share some of the places where you've traveled? Well, uh, Abercrombie and Kent, every, they always sent their employees who booked travel to the travel spots they booked so we could learn more about firsthand, learn more about the places we traveled to and sold. So I traveled around Europe. I've been to Morocco. I've been to Egypt. I've been to a lot of places in the Caribbean, Australia, um, Canada, Mexico, all over the United States, and many cruises. Mm. <laughs> no and wonder you're so good with small details after traveling like I was, I was going to say, I'll tell you the travel business and the art world are similar in the fact that details mean everything. And I did get a lot of experience in how detailed you have to be by working at these travel companies because you want each client's trip to go off without a hitch. So everything has to be lined up ahead of time. So, yeah. And I find that with the uh, Buchanan Center for the Arts too, or any art um, gallery that you'd work for, you have to have everything coordinated for an ex exhibit to happen. So um, I think the experience, as bizarre as it seems, the experience in travel actually helped me in my jobs after that. Yeah. Um, that is a great segue into a question that I have for you. So what is a typical work day like for you at the BCA? Or maybe there isn't a typical day. <laughs> There is absolutely not a typical day. <laughs> Every single day is different. That's part of the appeal. Um, it really is because um, when you get into work, you just don't know what you're going to be doing. You could be greeting clients coming in. I'm always answering the phone. I do a lot of the bookkeeping, a lot of keeping up the databases. I assist Christine in any program or um, project that we have going on. We sign people up for classes. Uh, we give away take and makes, uh, which we're actually doing right now. And just, you know, help helping take, put up and take down exhibitions. Um, yeah. So every single day is different. Uh, my kids both were um, student interns at the Buchanan Center and had the privilege of working with you, Lynn. And that's one of the things they said they really loved about it was that every there was it was never boring because literally every day was different from, you know, like physical labor to, you know, doing stuff on the computer. And, and really their job was just sort of a mini reflection of your job. You know, you were, they were assisting you, but they loved that part of it. They did. And, and I will have to say, you know, they did everything we asked them to, which was great because we need backup desperately. I mean, when we get our interns, we can't, we can't get them in the door fast enough. We have yeah. lists for them. Yeah. I was a little irritated when I found out they did all this deep cleaning at the Buchanan Center because at our, at our personal home, they seem incapable of those tasks. So that was really <laughs> weird that they somehow left all that skill set at the Buchanan Center and didn't bring it home. <laughs> 
Yeah, they they absolutely. I mean, like I said, they did everything we asked them, and that included cleaning and sorting and organizing and and everything. I hope they also had fun because there were a lot of things we had them do to help out with programs and classes and stuff. Too. I absolutely loved it. Let me ask you a question about the Buchanan Center. What like the you know, there's a lot of people that you know visit the Buchanan Center, and then there are some people that that don't really know everything that we do. They think it's an art center because they went there when they were maybe younger or they came to see a show. But what is one thing that you wish people knew about the Buchanan Center? Well, I think, and I'm always surprised because there are people that come in that say that they've lived in Monmouth all their lives and they didn't know the Buchanan Center was there. And I always feel like this is a great opportunity to go over everything we do and how we're open to the public. There's no entrance fee. Everyone is welcome, um, which is the best part, I think, of having an art center in a small town. And um, I think what I wish that people knew about the art center is it's just not... Um, or I should say, you know, we're more than just a gallery. We're more than just a gift shop. We're more than just places for art classes. Um, we offer all these things, but it seems like if people are coming in for to shop in the gift shop, they had no idea we had a gallery. Or if people are coming to see a show, they didn't know we ran classes. Or if someone signed up for a class, they didn't know we had a gallery and gift shop in the front. So I think I would hope that they come in explore on their own and we would definitely steer them all over the art center to show them everything yes yeah i love that hey lynn i want to ask a question about the gift shop um has it has it been there for the for the time that you've been there or did you start it no it's been there it was there when i started and okay. it was a smaller and uh less items and over the years, um, we have taken on new artists. I think we have over over 50 artists now that um, we represent in the gift shop with whatever items that they may make or create. And uh, over the years, we've just expanded and expanded. And last year, we did a whole renovation of the gift shop. So we were able to... Uh, display artwork better or display items better and um, that was kind of exciting they took out the step in the front and cleared so it's just one big open space mm -hmm. I think some of the people listening may not realize that the Buchanan Center has a really wonderful little gift shop and you have um, you have paintings and drawings you have jewelry you have um, pottery you have wonderful little felt items that I love. At Christmas time, you had, you always have uh, things hanging from your trees out there. Books, lots of books by local authors. Lots of books, especially yes. And so, since since you became the um, the manager there, um, what would you say are maybe one or two things that have that have changed in the gift shop? I mean, just the scope of it has changed. I know it's become much larger. Is there anything else that uh, that has changed, become bigger, become nicer? Well, we, like I said, we, we have gotten more artists, which mm -hmm. 
anytime you get new artists, you get new work, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that our most popular items are probably items under $25. So we do try to, even if people have larger items or more expensive items to sell, we do always ask them, for instance, if someone's a painter, they may have prints of their paintings as note cards. So we will ask them to bring in their note cards. But yes, like you said, we have a whole array of different types of items. Um, and we, and like Stacia said, we have books. So every time Susan Van Kirk comes <laughs> out with a new book, we have a whole um, group of people that come in and buy her book, which is great. And um, we have a whole jewelry case full of jewelry that people create. Um, mm -hmm. And the ceramic items are nice because they're not only um, decor items, they're also functional items. Our right. molds are very popular. The um, Anything that like a bowl or a colander or a pitcher, um, those, those sell pretty well. And um, a, I'm trying to think of what else we have, like spoon holders uh, or spoon rests. And um, we also have, we also sell a lot of scarves, uh, knitted scarves. We have a weaving guild that comes in every Wednesday and all these ladies have been weaving for a long time and they do beautiful work. And some of them uh, put their, some items in the gift shop. So we have woven scarves, we have knitted scarves, um, we have um, tie dyed scarves and uh, felted scarves. So mm -hmm. we have a, a whole array of different type of um, fiber do works. You think, yeah. um, do you have anything that you want to mention um, for the gift shop? Anything coming up for 23? Anything special or new or different for the gift shop? Right now, we're, we're, we just got through putting away our Christmas things. I'm starting to contact our existing artists to see if they want to fill in some of the spaces that happened during the holidays from sales. And um, we are always on the lookout for new artists. So mm -hmm. if anyone is interested in selling their work in the gift shop, they should give us a call and they can bring a sample in, give us an idea of what their pricing is, and then we'll see if it's a good fit for the gift shop. Great. Listen, I know you're not supposed to say this because, I mean, you know, everybody wants to be fancy or whatever, but, you know, a lot of times little gift shops, little boutique gift shops, like I look at them, but they're so expensive. Like I, you know, I just look, I, I don't have, I'm a woman with a budget If the family and kids. The Buchanan Center gift shop is super affordable. I don't want to say it's cheap because people don't like that word, but like I got a lot of stuff for Christmas from, from associates that was like just the standard stuff, like, you know, that clearly from an end cap at a big box store, you know, I appreciate the thought, but you know, I, when I was looking for little gifts for people at the holidays, I found them like unique, useful. I really like a usable gift, the cards that I just like, I couldn't believe how affordable it was. So I just want to say that for the people like me that like can't shop fancy because it's not in my budget. Like I really, I think most of everything at the, in the gift shop is really within my budget. I'm sure there's some high priced items, you know, but what I look at what I'm buying super affordable. So just putting that out there. <laughs> yes. And, and it is nice because it's 
almost like a one-stop shopping. You can buy a gift and you can buy a card and they're both going to be unique. Um, you can buy a pair of earrings, um, you know, a necklace. It's And when you buy an item from an artist, they made that or they created that. And it's not something that everybody else is going to have. So if you're, especially if you're buying for somebody who has everything or buying for somebody that you've bought for them for 20, 30, 40 years, it's nice to have something different, something unique, something special. And you can definitely find that in our gift shop. It's, it's sure. wonderful. I want to mention just because I bought these um, back in, in December, I think an artist had taken vintage spoons and she made these very small, I don't think they're taller than three or four inches, these um, little delicate um, vases. And and they won't hold many flowers, but it's so intricate and so unique. I was just tickled. And I bought, I think I bought four of them. They are just wonderful. And that's just a very small example of, of the wonderful, diverse uh, that things that you have in the gift shop. I think um, I think we are very fortunate to have that connected with the BCA. You do a great job of, and displaying. I love the new display up there. Um, oh, it's easy to, yeah, I really do. And um, it's- Well, it's, I, it's funny that you mentioned the, the, the bud vases. They, yeah. um, we actually have magnetic ones and then the stand ones. Yeah. And, the stand. Um, they are, they're perfect for the little, you know, Mother's Day gift or Valentine's right. Day gift or even an Easter gift. Um, any, a lot of actually the items that we have in the gift store make great hostess gifts. At Christmas, we had a lot of uh, holiday plates. You can make your own cookies, put the cookies on the plate, and that's your hostess gift. Yeah. So we do try to uh, give people ideas. Um, we have a email blast that goes out and we try to include something on the gift shop with every email blast. Um, we advertise on Facebook, but if you're in town and you have a few minutes, I would really suggest stopping in because I think you'd be pleasantly surprised to see what we have. Yes. I was going to say it says gift in the name of the shop, but mostly I buy things for myself there. I said it. <laughs> yeah, I, I same, same here. Um, I love the spoon rings and I remember when, um, you you got those in and they were being inventoried because I was minding the, your office um, one day while you went to lunch and yeah. um, your office so you know, the spoon rings were so cool but your office I think is fascinating and I I told you I was going to ask this question because yes. <laughs> I love I love the decorations in your office I think that says a lot about a person you can learn a lot about a person and their personality from their office decorations so I want to know. <laughs> the story behind the pink flamingos okay well i just want to preface this with saying wait till you see what's coming next because <laughs> my sister gave me a lego set of starry night and it took uh, oh. a couple weeks to put together and this thing is unbelievable and because i work in an art center i really want to bring it in and put it on my office walls so i think i might end up doing that so that's next but back to your question about the flamingos um there actually isn't a story about the flamingos however what happened was a few years ago one of the first things that we 
renovated at the art center were Christine's office and my office. And we had to empty everything out of the office, everything off the walls, every little, you know, tchotchke that was on um, the credenza or a shelf or anything. Everything came out of the office. So when it was painted and the floors were in and the furniture was back, it was absolutely empty. And I had happened to stop by uh, Hobby Lobby one weekend and I walked up the aisle and here's this huge display of bright pink everything flamingo. <laughs> and it was just like, I kept, I went in there for some plants and for fake plants for my house. And I kept winding around to this display and winding around to the display. And finally, I'm like, okay, I'm, I've got to buy some of these. So I decided it would brighten up my office and I bought a few items. And then I went down another aisle and found the picture of the pink um, French macaron, macarons, mm -hmm. like yeah. pinky colored macarons. And they went with the pinky flamingos and I thought well that's got to come with me so I I put it all together and that's my little flamingo corner was born <laughs> well, it's just, it is it's so bright and cheery and I do love the picture of the macarons uh it oh. makes me hungry and also makes me miss uh Lexington Kentucky because they had some gr a great uh patisserie uh there oh. and they would sell macarons at the farmer's market in, during the summer and yeah. but I, I love that corner of your office Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Lynn, uh, I think sometimes they let you leave work. Um, and so when you're not, when you're not at the Buchanan Center, when you're not uh, working there, what do you enjoy doing? That's kind of a hard question. Um, kind of like in work, every day is different. Uh, what I enjoy doing most, I would probably say is just picking a a town, a city, a place, a spot, and just go explore. I mm. literally will wake up, take a shower, get in the car and drive. And I will come upon a town or drive to a larger town and just explore the city. Of course, getting there and coming back is half the fun. If there is a, you know, tourist trap or a farm stand or <laughs> a souvenir shop, I'm there. Uh, I just like to do things along the way. And then once I'm there, if it's some type of a weekend or, you know, a week trip or just an overnight, I usually try to find out ahead of time if there's any botanic gardens in the area, because that's one of my favorite places to go. So um, I will visit whatever, like in St. Louis, they had one in Omaha, they have one in Rockford, they have one in Chicago. They're just, you'd be surprised how many are, are around um, the United States. So we were just a couple of years ago in Florida and they had one down in Naples. So we got in the car and drove down there. So yeah, I just love um, botanic gardens. And also, of course, if they have any large or small art uh, museums. I always like to explore art museums. They have the best gift shops, just like ours. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I do enjoy visiting um, at the art museums. And of course, seeing all the art that they have. And um, what else do I like to do? I like to go around to different areas where they have artists 
when I was in Omaha, I found this building that had over a hundred, it was a four store square building. Over a hundred artists had their studios in it and they allowed people to come in and just go into their studios. They were working in there, they sold their artwork and you could watch them do what they do. And it was, and you could go all up, all four floors and see what they were doing. They had um, glass artists and painters and, um, you know, you, you name the kind of art they had it. So that was kind of fun. So yeah, that's that's what I do. I like to explore. I love that. And, and I can be very on a small scale. I mean, literally, yeah. I have gone within, you know, 100 to 200 mile radius and found a ton of places to to explore. This is a kind of a, a similar question. Um, I was wondering um, if you've ever, you know, people who the arts are, if sometimes if you're, if you're drawn into art, you know, you enjoy art, you also enjoy music, you enjoy theater. And, and I was just wondering if, if you have ever crossed over into the land of music, the land of theater, have you ever done anything um, uh, active like that, you know, been up on your feet on the stage or do you sing at all? My my first and last acting gig was when I was <laughs> in grammar school. I played a fairy in Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I had to wear a green leotard and tights. Perfect. And I think I might have had one or two lines, and that was the end of my career. Um, but I will say that over the years in junior high and high school. I always wanted to be involved in the theater, but just behind mm -hmm. the scenes, um, building sets. And I did lighting uh, for a couple of really? the shows. I did script reading with people. I just um, feel more comfortable behind, behind the scenes, not on stage. And I think anybody who has seen me on stage would agree. <laughs> I um I got to the Buchanan Center the other night. We were holding open auditions for one of our theater productions there. And so I walked by Lynn's office. She's working hard. And I yell, hey, Lynn, are you trying out for the play? And I mean, not a second of air passed. And there was a, nope. <laughs> but now that we know she's going to maybe, we, we, uh, we need people behind the scenes more than we need people on the stage, I have to tell you. So oh, that's uh, it's a huge part of it. Yeah, I'll be on the support crew any day of the week before <laughs> I'll be on stage. Yeah, that's a contract. That's a verbal contract. Everyone here, that's a witness support crew. Although I will say, the murder mystery dinner that uh, was at the Stewart House, Mary, oh, yeah. um, that you gave us scripts and we got into that small room and we each had a line. I swear, I think I was starting to sweat thinking that I had to say a line. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I flub this? No. So <laughs> well, that, that was, was just, pretty funny. Um, I had forgotten all about that. Um, that was to, yeah, encourage audience participation, but that was a fun scene. But, it, and it, it's so funny because it's like everybody had to do it, but I still was getting, you know, clammy thinking about it. It was funny. <laughs> Um, so we, someone told us that you enjoy true crime. So do you have a favorite author or a favorite podcast? 
Besides prayer details. Of course. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, as far as podcasts, I have listened to your shows and I also listen to NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mm. I don't usually catch it when it's on. So I usually pull up their podcast and listen to it via the podcast. Um, there used to be another quiz show that I uh, from NPR that I listen to, but they are off the air now. I, they might have old ones, but I'm not sure. Um, as far as uh, mystery writers, I used to read mystery novels a lot. Um, usually, I, I would say Robert Ludlum was a big one, John Grisham, um, mm-hmm. for a fast read. I don't know if you're familiar with the Sue Grafton's A is for Alibi, B is for Burglar, those. Yep. Uh, I think I got all the way to U or V. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, Lynn. Yeah. If you get to U or V, you got to go to Z. <laughs> <laughs> she was not putting them out as fast as I was reading them. So I think I stopped at U or V and then went on to another author thinking I'd go back after she wrote the last ones and I never did. That's hilarious. Unfortunately, I don't seem to have as much time these days to read. So I've, thank God for Netflix. Uh, So I watch uh, crime shows on Netflix, um, like both uh, TV series and movies. I wanted to mention one called Mind Hunter. Has anybody seen yes. that? Yes. Yes. That's wonderful. That is fantastic. So I, I really, it was the FBI agents that they formed some kind of a uh, unit. That, of, yeah. The beginning of the behavioral health uh, investigation and how that whole unit got started. How it got started and then yeah. how how they came up with the term serial killer. They didn't even know that there were people out there murdering more than once, twice, three times. And then they had to come up with something to define these people. Um, I just found it fascinating. So yes. And as a matter of fact, I think that was one of the first ones I watched on Netflix. And that of course, then rolled me into all of their, you know, crime or I'm sorry, crime stories and stuff. Um, my sister or somebody had given me a coaster that says, based on your Netflix recommendations, you're either a chef or a, a, a murderer or something like that. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's true. <laughs> I watch food shows and uh, crime shows. Both involving knives. Yeah. That's very yeah. telling. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, well, I... Before we started this podcast recording, I had told you that um, my uh, daughter, former um, intern at the Buchanan Center, was so excited that we were interviewing you um, because she really finds you interesting. And I think the word she said was funny and passionate. Um, And I can't say that I disagree with her. Um, We love you, Lynn. Um, We love how you do everything with your whole heart at the Buchanan Center. Um, And I'm really glad. I know you'd probably, all things considered, would rather not be in front of a microphone. So thank you for coming and sharing with us today um, and joining us on this episode of Prairie Tales. Um, And remember, friends, if you have any questions or you ever have an idea for an episode or a follow-up question, you can send us an email at prairietalespodcast at gmail.com. Um, And you can always check out the Buchanan Center website at bcaarts.org to find out all the cool stuff that's happening and maybe even someday see Lynn Miller up on that stage 
but I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Mary okay. and Kathy. And that, friends, is where this tale ends. Prairie Tales is a production of the Buchanan Center for the Arts in Monmouth, Illinois. If you enjoyed our podcast, look for more content on Instagram at Buchanan Center and on Facebook at BCA Monmouth. Email us with questions and suggestions for future episodes at prairietalespodcast at gmail.com. Remember, not all history is found in a book. Sometimes it's found in the stories we tell. Just listen to the sound of the prairie and you too might hear a tale.